All right, let's shit on some nines. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> I think that's maybe all we do in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed oh, man. that if you tune in, your nine will be abused. Just, <laughs> oh, we're going to go out, but oh, I... I'm too sleepy to go out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a big one. My head hurts. I, 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 I sprained my ankle. <laughs> I, I ate too big of a lunch. You know? I, I... <laughs> the Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self president with five wing, four, five, eight, trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self press sexual, nine with one, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self pres with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self press social three, wing four, with a If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. It's Big Hormone Enneagram, and we want to welcome all our hate listeners. So whether you are a Christian homeschool mom who is into the Enneagram and stumbled on us, whether you're a professional certified Enneagram teacher or author who is scoping out why our material is better than everything else, or if you're someone who's burned because they paid Emika and David for a type evaluation and didn't like the results, uh, we see you, we hear you, we welcome you, we acknowledge you. Uh, welcome. Today we are talking about uh, relationships and the, what the worst parts of dating the types are. Uh, but first, uh, David and I both have some plugs. Like uh, I have a class, uh, online class I'm doing for the Shift Network's Enneagram Global Summit for 2020. I was asked to teach about the centers of intelligence and the types, how they spring from the centers uh, with Gail Scott, who's a, she was used to teach for the Enneagram Institute. So sign up. It would help me if you signed up through a link that uh, hopefully we'll have in the show description, um, because if you sign up through that link, I get some money for it and I desperately need money. And uh, yeah, if you were thinking of any uh, Enneagram Christmas gifts, you know, look to one of us to uh, do a session with somebody or yourself or something. And uh, finally, um, please donate uh, if you're enjoying the pod. If you feel inclined to bhepodcast at gmail.com on PayPal. And then David's got a thing. Yeah, I'm uh, focusing more diligently lately on finishing my book. Um, made some good headway. Um, got at least a couple hundred pages of notes and images and graphics and things going on right now. And I've set up a Patreon site to support my work. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Ennea site. Ennea like Enneagram and site like website. I'm withholding the name of the book because that's one of the levels on my uh, Patreon <laughs> is that's right. Book, book <laughs> title gets revealed. The book title is so good. That you, you have to pay, pay to, to find out what the title is. That's how um, you do it. You, yeah. Um, but it'll be, the book is going to be, you know, my abstract elemental focus and archetypal symbols. And mostly it's in abstract outer space, but appreciate the support. Those of you who know the, the collapse exercise that we do in um, Enneagram or Universe, 
it's based on the ideas in this book. And so a lot of times people don't understand what the fuck is going on with the collage exercise, but to get the underpinnings of what's going on, it's, you know, all those ideas are in the book David's writing. Uh, and of course, he's got a video series explaining it, but maybe people are going to appreciate it in writing more with uh, diagrams that really, you know, make it hit home. Yeah. And yeah. I also want to add, like, it's not just the collage exercise, but it's also like, David's been uh, hitting the internet for a while and there's just a lot of shit that's floating around in the internet. that's not credited to David. That's like either from David or inspired by David's thoughts. And so uh, being able to have a book of his, it's like a collection of concentration of his contribution uh, is pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks guys. Yeah. That's the other thing I'm doing with this is making sure to gather kind of all of those things and, get them you know with my name literally copyrighted on them so yeah cool. one more thing we've got a big hormone love line you got a phone number it's 323-696-0647 you can call that number leave a voicemail send a text for all your love and sex related questions comments whatever again it's 323-696 Zero six four seven. All right. Where do we want to begin? Let's maybe we should talk about uh, what it's like dating eights. <laughs> you gonna start with eights? I want to start with eights. Uh, you know, <laughs> listeners, we we deleted some of the uh, behind the scenes look provided by uh, Od and Emika himself about uh, Emika's dating style, <laughs> uh, which it's you know, not safe for too hot the for TV. World. Uh, but for the world, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Can't. I mean, I, there's no format that I can share that publicly. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. What's uh, what's what's the shittiest things about dating Nate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to shit on myself. Let's let's try that. Let's do it. Um, I would say I, I think one of the things that I've said about, uh, especially as a sexual aid, because this is the zone that I'm looking for the most leverage. So the um, ugliest aspects of my personality and the ways that I try to control things are in, uh, in this attraction zone. And as you guys know, much of my obsession with trying to strategize and figure out the factors of attraction is about trying to control attraction. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm just, I'm not just doing this because it's just interesting. I'm trying to, you know, have a, in a way, try to preempt rejection by knowing that, you know, she's not, she might be interested in me, not just because I'm handsome, but, you know, like, because I fit a certain archetype for her, maybe I look like her dad, or maybe, you know, I'm just her type. Uh, and maybe she rejected me because I don't fit that archetype. And so there's a way that I'm using these frameworks to control my emotional reaction to how people are attracted to me. But um, in terms of how I'm terrible, I think, <laughs> I think um, there's a, there's a way that I want to make attraction. I want to make it difficult for uh, whoever might be interested in me because I feel like, uh, you know, I want to be, I want it to be real. So, I mean, there with my, my personality is going to, whatever I feel like is going to be frustrating for that person. I'm, I'm going to put them through it just to, just to see <laughs> to what degree are you into me? Like, and, and also like, I need to know, I need to get a real reaction out of you. Like, you know, there's yeah. this attraction that comes from wanting to fight somebody 
And if you're attracted to someone, there's, you know, there, there needs to be some kind of an edge to it. So, you know, just being antagonistic is a big part of my, you know, just teasing and, you know, maybe even purposely doing things that I know are going to be upsetting. Like there was one time uh, there was a girl that I was interested in and she was dragging her. She was just being really vague and playing hard to get. And so I knew that she, you know, I just pushed to, to up the ante. I showed up with a friend of mine, a very tall, you know, good looking girl. It wasn't like super intentional, but I knew the effect that it was going to have. And I didn't like go out of my way to tell her who she was, you know, so it just seemed like, who's that girl? And so mm -hmm. she started freaking out and asking me like who this person was. And she eventually made a move, you know, it forced a decision, but like, that's, you know, you have a little mini heart attack when you <laughs> go through situations like that. So there are all these examples of things that I know this would be psychologically distressing uh, in some kind of way. And I'm, you know, sort of putting my partner through all these sort of things to uh, force reactions out of them. And, and I think in a way, the way that I feel that I'm in a relationship is by if I can get you to react, if I can get you get a rise out of you, then I know that I still have a thing with you, which isn't going to be pleasant for people. <laughs> so is so. that eight or is that sexual? It's both. <laughs> yeah. It's I both. mean, it's, it's eight. And just that, that in a relationship, I'm, I think my forcefulness is setting the terms. You're, you're going to have to be reacting to me. So on some level, like, you're going to, I'm provoking you and I'm, I'm doing things that are just going to, you know, it's not going to be chill. So like that, what's terrible about me is that you're going to have to be uh, affected on an unpredictable basis. Mm -hmm. And if you're attracted to me though, it's all part of it. But if you don't like me, you're going to run. <laughs> I think, I think it's also probably worth noting that, uh, you know, I'm sure Emika that you're doing a lot of this, like knowing you're being provocative. But oh, I yeah. think that a lot of eights doing similar stuff probably don't have the conscious intention to be provocative, but they nonetheless are. Yeah. And, like, I, and I know that even when I'm not trying to be provocative, that it, it's just going to happen anyway. Like, I'm, um, I'm aware that this is something I'm, I'm doing, but I also know that even if I don't try to do it, that it's just my personality is going to do it anyway. I think um, the most, like, frustrating, uh, not just in terms of dating or anything like that, but just in terms of, of dealing with eights is like when when they're willing to own and be conscious of their provocations and their their quality of being provocative versus like not like kind of disowning it or be, or being like no I'm not you know <laughs> yeah. provoking thing it's that. like that's just fucking bullshit like everybody knows it but I don't know it, it, they let they let themselves fly under the radar you know mm -hmm. oh yeah that's definitely like a, a, the gaslighting aspect of what eights can do is I'll, I'll take a hammer and I'll smash you over the face with it. And I'll tell you that I, I that didn't happen at all. Yeah, totally. It wasn't intention to hurt you, and I'm and then I hurt you again. And I was like, you know, that that's not what I meant to do. <laughs> You're just being too sensitive. Get over it. <laughs> right. I feel like uh, when I've dated eights or fucked fucked around with eights, it's like. You get into arguments and you don't even know how you got there, but both yep. of you are just angry and you're just like, what are we even mad about the entire time? And it's yeah. exhausting. Es escalation. Yeah. 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 Just getting into fights. I think you're not in a relationship with an eight unless you're, you know, often in some kind of conflict. And it's not even necessarily that the conflict is serious. It's just, that's just the eight style. There's going to be some combativeness there. And if you're not if you're not um comfortable with that it's just 
I guess it's a lot to deal with because I mean, as an eight, like I, I don't, I don't feel like it's anything to get into an argument every day. Like it's not a big deal. I mean, not, not as long as it's not mm-hmm. like super serious argument, but like arguing about stuff isn't, I could do that all the time and it wouldn't be a big deal, but um, so I could mm-hmm. see how a partner who might be softer or whatever might just be exhausted by that kind of shit. And, and it's also not like all eights are just like going to argue, you know, again, right. it's like, I think, I think Emma, you with a social blind are just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm trying to argue or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, I think it's really common for uh, eights with higher social instinct to not see themselves as doing yes. exactly the same thing and having exactly. better intention, intentions, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to work it out or I'm just trying to, you know, we're just trying to, trying to relate or trying to, you know, solve the problem. And it's like, this is not, this is not the solution. You know, it's like bringing way too much to it. Bringing way too much. And that, I guess that's the worst thing about AIDS is like yeah. bringing way too much fucking energy yeah. to, you know, like you need maybe 25% of energy and eight is like bringing 150% energy to a conversation. It's just a fucking conversation. And all of a sudden you're yelling. Um, but there, it's not like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like yelling to them, but it's like their volume is so fucking loud that um, everyone just like shit. Like, and that's the other thing I think people hate about eights is that the eight escalates at, you know, can escalate at any point and bring so much energy that if you're not willing to match the energy that the eight is bringing, and even me as an eight, if I'm dealing with other eights, sometimes an eight is bringing energy and I don't feel like going to meet them with that energy. I'm just like, I'm not doing it. Because every time an eight escalates, you have to meet them with the same amount of energy or they're just going to run you over. Well, unless you're a mm-hmm. nine. Okay. Unless you're nine, and then <clears throat> what you get to do is be a cloud that their hand passes through, right? As they're swinging hard, right? Fucking true. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's been yeah. So nine wins, kind of on that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nine. Yeah. N- nine, nine is nine always wins. Secret weapon in rock paper scissors that nobody <laughs> yeah. knows about. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. There's a fourth weapon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but only nines can use it. Yeah, and it's just it beats being a everything. nine. <laughs> being a nine is rock paper scissors. Being a nine. It's yeah. like it's like no matter how much energy you bring to a nine, it's like it's almost like they haven't changed their equilibrium. Like their tone hasn't <laughs> yeah. changed. You know, sometimes it's like as an eight, like you start like amplifying and escalating. Other people feel like they have to, you know, even if they don't meet you at the same level, they're going to escalate as well. You know, their volume's going to go up or they're going to be more amped up. Nines don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> the same energy feel like you're not getting any effect. And that's probably the most frustrating thing uh, as an eight is like, I'm not getting a rise out of you. And, uh, yeah, you just have to give up. <laughs> when before we go, continue roasting nines. Um, <laughs> the what I what I'd say is so like you know I have a Sienna close friend like who I dearly love. Uh, and when we were in high school, we met, we became friends and met and stuff. And her eightness was obviously more amped from a high school kid, and then my fourness was obviously more out of control from a being a high school kid, and so. Remember, like I could hardly manage my withdrawn energy, and we spent a day hanging out. And at the end, of hanging out with Sienna, uh, and again, it's not personal. I totally love her, and I loved her at the time. I, all that kind of stuff. I was so exhausted, and I remember, like, I was on my friend's uh, like deck, and I like 
I had a hoodie on and I was sitting and I kind of like bent my head down. So like, you know, like as if like, instead of sitting up straight, my head was like almost, you know, my chin, my chin was like basically on my chest. And I was in this like total shutdown mode. And I remember Santa being like, John, what's wrong? And she put her head like between where my legs are, my head was like, you know, in her big, huge eyes, like staring at me. And she's got like, for, you know, people have never seen her. She's got like enormous eyes and a huge smile and, you know, just all this bursting energy. She looks and, like a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. And so we laugh about this stuff now, but at the time it was like, I was like, I'm going to fucking die, you know? Because it was just, you know, just the trying to connect. Thing. Yeah, it was like connected with somebody who's like, I'm not connected to myself. <laughs> so it was really funny. Yeah. Like the problem with AIDS, I'm sure people, everyone around me feels that to some degree is like, when in doubt, escalate. That's, that's, yeah. it's like, you don't know what to do just turn it up <laughs> yeah like like what Santa was doing there was not was not like trying to provoke a stir shit up but she was right, escalating right. you know yeah, just yeah. Like natural yeah. expansive energy and it was very innocent and very loving and and mm -hmm. well-intended but it was just you know uh the eightness <laughs> like, couldn't read the up. four or five-ness you know I couldn't just be like oh maybe he needs a little space it was like oh I'm gonna get right up in there you know <laughs> yeah that's one thing I don't like about my personality is that um I mean, I can be chill most of the time, but like when I'm into something, I my my personality like automatically just turns up, and it mm -hmm. inevitably becomes too much for, you know, it's just it's just going to be too much at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, and I can pull back, but like it's it's always kind of redlining, you know, it's going to redline, and then people have to back up and like like whoa, um, and so I you know that's just how it goes, and I know that without trying, that's going to happen, and I'm gonna you know end up not scaring people, but just like people are going to have to like take a, some kind of energetic step back or have to have to account for the fact that I'm escalating. I mean, I think that's, that's like a unconscious strategy of eight is to tempt people to leave by being too much. Mm. You know, it's like pre, it's like being a rejection type. It's like, like, uh, are you going to reject me? Yeah. Like setting <laughs> people up to reject them. Yeah. And yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's like, how much do you really love me? Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you suffer, and we're gonna find out how much you can. And then part of it also, it's kind of like, well, I guess I can relax now because um, you're not gonna um, you're not gonna reject me for me just being myself, even though I've kind of put you through the ringer here. Um, there, you, there is something essential about the way that you want to be with me, and I can sort of like stop doing this shit, you know, and stop being provocative. I can just sort of relax. Mm -hmm. Right, let's shit on some nines. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> I think that's maybe all we do in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed oh, man. that if you tune in, your nine will be abused. Just... <laughs> Where do I begin? I mean, we could start right? with the ghosting. Um, ghosting, you know, big time. Yeah. Ghosting's huge. It's like, I've been... Oh, yeah. I have been sent out a nine has set <laughs> multiple times. This has happened. A nine has set up a date. They, you know, hit me up and said, you know, meet me here and then show up and there's no one there. There's no one responding. And then they reappear a month later and act like that didn't happen. <laughs> so many yeah. times or even just ghosting within the relationship. Yeah. Uh, going along and for months and gonna, months. Yeah. You know, and saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm totally into this and totally into this. And then one day out of the blue, done. Yep. 
That's drop. like every single, except for the nine I'm with right now. <laughs> fucking nine I've ever dated. They're like, no, this is great. This is wonderful. But you know what? I'm going to go join the army. Don't wait. Uh, I'm going to move to Europe. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just bye. <laughs> like literally both of those happened. Ow. They're just <laughs> like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving for Europe tomorrow. No big deal. <laughs> no, nothing matters. Right? It and it's matter. like, wait. So are you coming back? Well, don't worry about it. Just don't worry. About it. It's just like, just keep everything calm now? right now. Just right. for now, let's be calm. I'll zoom, I'll zoom call you when I get there. Wait, but what? <laughs> I could imagine also like, oh, we're going to go out. But, oh, I, I'm too sleepy to go out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a big one. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sprained my ankle. <laughs> I, I ate too big of a lunch, you know. I, I, <laughs> I get that a lot with my current nine. I'm really, I'm really busy breathing. Okay, <laughs> it's taking up all of my energy. <laughs> I have Christ. suggested so many date opportunities with my boyfriend, and he'll just be like, "No, nah, not tonight. Why?" Well, I don't know. Just not tonight. <laughs> okay. Oh man, David, what's the greatest thing about dating you? He means the worst. <laughs> probably, probably the sex. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. No, I don't think uh, I've ever had bad sex with another. <laughs> um. What's the good? What's good about it? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, what's really bad? I ghost people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty bad about just energy output and sort of watching my energy output you know especially because i'm self-pres dominant right mm -hmm. combined with nine so it's like i'm like if i just feel 10 percent, you know down in my energy that might be good cause to cancel something you know what i mean <laughs> are, you, are you like overly stuck to your habits like, I can't do anything because I'm biking for 20,000 miles today. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had my peanut butter and yeah. banana. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, so. no, there's some stuff, yeah, that could be like, hey, you're in the way of this food thing that I already <laughs> planned. So if you could just stop that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, or or just like you're suggesting that we do something in this time frame where I was going to do this thing alone with me and my food. <laughs> and and watch this and watch this thing on Netflix or something at the same time. I had this whole thing I planned, right? So, so even though you're fun and happy and exciting, I'm gonna need you to wait an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you even want to have sex with me? Well, I still need to do this thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. Uh, one of the most frustrating things is. Um... The concealing information. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not lying, but it's kind of like, yeah, I'm just not going to tell you this thing that would be pertinent to know now versus a couple months from a couple That's months a from now. <laughs> and and somehow conveniently forgetting that information until mm. it's pertinent. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, I forgot. I have a wife. And kids. <laughs> I forgot I'm moving to Europe. 
Did I, did I forget to tell you? <laughs> I'm not bitter about this at all, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying out next week. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. Oh, man. It's oh, it's no. a weird deal, too, because you're in a romantic situation. You know, that's a, a high-intensity mattering space right like you're yeah. the you're the target of the other person's interest right in a yes. significant way and and nines that's really difficult energy for a nine to hold like you exist mr nine right at this exact point in space and time right and so that kind of thing of uh you know forgetting i mean you and sort of not defining what's happening and and stuff not mattering there's this important thing i should tell them but you know kind of uh doesn't i don't know i don't quite have the energy to tell them and it doesn't matter that much it's just about me and i don't <laughs> much. yep and so could it really be that bad? Is it going to be really that much of a punch in the face when they find out about that bad big thing or whatever? But it's, it's only me. about me. So it yeah, it's matter. only about me. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah, not tell, not sharing information when it's just about you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think the most irritating. All right. Moving on to ones. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I have only been with one one, so I'm only talking about one person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ones you're going to criticize and judge and be nitpicky, and the romantic partner is going to get the brunt end of the stick of that. And so the worst part about being with the dating a type one is you got to put up with a lot of judgment, and it is never ending, never ending. And it's usually, a lot of times it's about shit that they don't even know what they're talking about. It's like they are going to be judgmental as fuck about um you know just because that's just what's going on in their body like no that's not right mm -hmm. and they're gonna, you know and even before they even fully understand and so the worst part about dealing with being in a relationship with type one is you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to put up with a lot of criticism and a lot of judgment and you're gonna have to not you know take it personal <laughs> and i think they will make decisions or um like say something's wrong or right without knowing anything about it like they yep. just talk out of their ass yep yeah and it's just like but how do you know that and they're like well i don't and it's like then why did you answer yep. that <laughs> that's probably the most frustrating thing is like i know you know you don't know what you're talking about but you're just going hard <laughs> in the paint you're going hard in the paint on this judgmental tirade you know, and, and you know that they're not right. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's all we have to say about ones. They just suck. No, no, no. I got more. <laughs> I got more. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> the other one is physically, ones are very rigid. I mean, it is it is a physical manifestation of a steel rod. The rigidity is a real thing. You know, I like rigidity in one specific <laughs> part of their body. <laughs> Dealing with this sort of uh, rigid tension. That comes with that, you know, you're trying to like get a type one to loosen up and mm -hmm. it's it's a real it's a real palpable thing um that shows up in the body. And that's really interesting to me how these sort of personality structures show show up, manifest in, in the physical structure. Yeah, I made a meme um like, you know, just 
I guess two days ago uh, as a joke. It was that one oh, yeah. you know that's been going around about you know like my parents at age twenty nine, and you know it's like got that kind of some of that old oh yeah 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 cell kind of like Chad shit <laughs> right, or whatever right, like right. kind of also Nordic guy. And he's like yeah, let's have a baby. Yes. And then it's like me at 28 and it's, and so I wrote, I wonder what it'd be like to bang a type one without self-control. I bet they'd be closet freaks and <laughs> yeah. um, follow our meme page, big hormone on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but I, now I'm, you know, I was like, funny joke post. And I was like, but I wonder, yeah. so are they able to like, for, for those of us who've uh, been with ones, are they able to kind of be freaks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's possible, but I mean, you're still dealing with, it's a pretty high hurdle. I mean, I think sometimes yeah. when we, we imagine a closet freak, I think sometimes we imagine like a librarian archetype of someone who seems shy, but yeah. really they're wild. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing about one is that that rigidity doesn't go away. Mm, mm. It's there. It's there. Not to say that a one wouldn't be freaky in the bedroom, but you're still going to feel that sense of rigidity when your, your body is next to this person. Like in mid freak. Yeah, there is still a sense of sort of rigid, rigidity around what I can do and what I can't do. But like drugs can really loosen things up. But, you know, like we talk about, uh, we talked about dancing as a way to kind of gauge chemistry mm. on a physical level. And, you know, you can feel that rigidity dancing with the type one uh, in terms of like, what am I supposed to do? And trying to orient to a certain type of standards. And you start to physically feel that personality structure when you start doing things physically with the one and you're going to feel the rigidity, even if a type one is being freaky. So when, uh, what, how'd you contrast like, uh, eight energy versus one rigidity, you know, like, like, is it because you like, I mean, like just doing breath work with you, you've like a armored quality, you know, uh -huh. like how would you contrast uh, like that with rigidity? The eight versus one energy. It, she felt more like she was used to, like when the first time we, first time we danced, like I, I could feel like her wanting to control things, but then she sort of realized like he's really solid, um, and he's really relaxed at the same time. I can mm -hmm. you know relax in this energy. So like this combination of, you know you know sort of solid forcefulness that's also kind of relaxed because the I think eight the eight body center or the eight body style is forceful, but it's also loose and it's chaotic. It feels like anything can happen here it's unpredictable but it's also solid and grounded mm -hmm. and so that's very opposite to mm -hmm. the control and the sort of rigid upright control of one so i felt like the influence that i had on her was that she had like a, a backdrop that she could um relax into that to know that you know he's gonna catch me like he's not he's got his own chaotic way but in this sort of in the sexual zone where which it is chaotic I can sort of um, let go of this rigid thing a little bit. David, did you date a one? I didn't, but I was going to um, use this as an excuse to brag again about the woman that, you know, put the moves on me when I was 13. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. She was, she was a sexual one and, uh, you know, just had that whole rigidity thing. But at the same time, just a strikingly attractive woman who amped up her, you know, sexual va va voom, you know, as a sexual type. And um, so I guess where I was going was just that, you know, she was 
really had that that rigidity quality to her body um as far as her like her posture um her, her body otherwise was kind of like an advertisement for sex um but uh <laughs> but the fact that she was you know she was 40 years old and i was 13 so that's kind of like um there's some you know freakiness going on yeah. there whatever you want to call that <laughs> yeah it's a tad yeah it's a little although bit although apparent apparently you know upright citizen and all of that stuff right as mm. ones often portray mm-hmm. all that goes out the window oh the, the thing all that goes out the window with type ones but the, the other thing i was going to mention that sucks about ones is they will set up these list of standards this is these are the things that i'm going to be critical about with everyone else uh and with myself these are the standards i live by and then they will just break every single one of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I mean, it's like that's it's like this. There's as a, I say, a sh- not as I do. Yeah, there's a shadow thing there of I'm going to you know I have all these standards, but at the same time I secretly want to break them, or I want to be with someone who's going to give me the permission to break my own rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good example of how, like, one is probably the most stern in the superego, right? In a certain way. And to the degree that it's so firm and so attempting to inhumanly block out your own, you know, chaotic humanness, inclusive of sexuality and all of that stuff, you're, you're creating just a huge amount of shadow when you're doing that, right? Just because of how extreme the one is in, in their standards, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of generating just in a more maybe obvious way, um, its own opposite, you know, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do we want to do hard types next? Since there's two hard types on the call. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's do two. Two. It sucks about dating a two. Yeah. Uh, Take it away. (laughs) Nothing. Right. Oh no. Everything. Um, when, in my experience, when dating a two, their giverness, it somehow you become part of them and they no longer give to you, mm. but they expect you to give to the other people as much as they're give because you're like a combination. There's like a merginess, at least with the two I was with probably had a nine fix. That's so it's like she, ex- or he expected he, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> expected <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> expected you to, to take on the sort of service role with, him well it was more of just uh there was no longer there was a lot less service for me so we started dating Mm -hmm. seriously it was like oh well Mm. i got you now so like i'm gonna do things sometimes but i'm gonna expect like big returns but like Mm. i'm still gonna be super like give 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 to everyone else oh interesting and did i understand you right that like he like yeah i think Maybe this is Emma's question as well, but was he asking you to like unknowingly, yeah, in helping? Mm -hmm. It was more of like a well, we're gonna we're gonna help this person do this. We we even though I never really asked you, but I'm giving us as like we're gonna help this person move, and but like you know, it's there's no option. We're going to do it. A disregard for boundaries. Yeah. I'm a two. 
<laughs> Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Disregard for boundaries. Yeah. I haven't had any direct experience in dating that, but my mom is a two, so I can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's it's super fun. The two that I dated, uh, it, it was we just went out for a couple of months, maybe three months at the most. And it's kind of a situation where I had, I think I was around 30 or early 30s. And I'd known about the Enneagram for already about 10 years. And I knew she was a two, right? So here comes the two stuff, right? In my book, or you know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's like just, um, uh, well, also I should preface it too by saying I kind of want that stuff too, right? I mean, um, I don't want to go all Freudian here or whatever, but like (laughs) I always had the complaint with my mother, even as a child that she kind of, I mean, it boils down to that. She wasn't two ish, right. She wasn't the sort of feminine mothery type. She, my mom was a one and my mom was actually reacting against her own mother who was a two. So my mom was making sure not to be a two kind of. And so I was specifically kind of like missing some of the juicy Oedipal stuff, which is why I attracted these uh, women in my childhood. That I, was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of seduced. Boy, because I was, I, it's, it's weird, but I was actually pretty conscious of kind of wanting that and wanting to seduce that kind of certain you know, Oedipal, romantic-ish mother juiciness. Um, anyway, so so knowing this woman was a two that I dated, you know, in my early 30s, um, I was open to it, you know, be, being, um, you know, Shangri-La or whatever. <laughs> but um, at the same time, I was I was in a band at that time, and I think I was probably in a, at the same time conflicted with the sort of boys club kind of thing of being in a band and and doing this thing that the chicks aren't invited into the in group and and you can't get don't get pussy whooped and all that kind of stuff and so and a two is going to be a master at uh the pussy whoop (laughs) 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 and uh so i was kind of keeping my distance and and i probably wasn't all that attracted to her as well that's where it could have gotten more dangerous in the sense of sort of slipping into something that would have been more like a a deeper mother possession sexual combo platter kind of thing anyway so i was kind of like telling her you're a two and i'm not gonna let you do that two thing i mean not literally but almost literally because i was showing her the enneagram and stuff and saying (laughs) you're a two and so so it's one of those it's a weird deal where the enneagram kind of was way into the relationship you know it's kind Mm. of funny anyway interesting so yeah there's also uh twos have a hard time taking care of themselves Mm. in case you didn't know so uh there's a lot of that like, we mean like you got to take huh. care of him? No, no. Well, no, because I don't take care of people very well. Um, if I if I'm not absolutely head over heels in love with you, I'm not going to give a shit. But um, there's a lot of like, uh, oh well, I don't like how I look right now. Oh, okay. Well, you could work out. No, mm. no, I'm not going to do that. Because that takes too much time, and I don't want to. But I'm just gonna be sad about it. 
Mm, interesting. There's a lot of mopiness. There's a martyr thing that they yeah, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. This is not a dating whatever. My mom definitely has a lot of that where mm-hmm. she creates these problems. Um, you help her with the problem and she recreates the problem again. And I'm just like, I'm not doing that twice. You know, I did, we did it before and you should have kept up the stuff that you were supposed to do. And she's like, well, you're going to help me, right? Like, you're going to help me fix this thing. Like we had a rat problem in my, uh, my mom's garage back at the house last winter. And, you know, you see, you generally, if you see droppings in your house, rat, you know, mice droppings, you fucking put some traps to get it. But she let that happen for months and eventually it seemed like a fucking colony of these things were just <laughs> <laughs> fucking in the garage. Like there's like at least 15 of these fuckers. You go on the because if you see if you see a mice running around, because they they try to stay away from people as much as possible, which means there's enough of them that there's they not enough food. Them. Yeah, there's not enough food that they have to go out when people are around. So we you know, my, my uncle was around and he probably killed like seven of them things with uh, um, this, like the simple rat trap. And so it took like months to get rid of, to get rid of all of them. And then I go home for Thanksgiving and there's fucking dropless back in the garage. And I was like, you know what? I know that, you know, you're a charitable person and you're trying to give a home to these fucking things. You make a home for these guys that came back for the winter and you're like, oh, cool. You guys can hang out, put to, you know, put the food back in a garage and and let these let these fucking mice feed. And then she's like, you're going to help me, right? You're going to help me get rid of these things. And I'm like, no, the fuck I'm not. Like I spent it's just disgusting. It's fucking disgusting to know that there's like 15 fucking mice in a garage just like hanging out in the corner somewhere. Like I'm not going through that. So I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not helping you. And So she's like, no, 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 you're going to. So there's this thing with twos where they can just throw their hands up in the air and just expect that somebody's going to sweep in and take care of them. Um, I can imagine in a relationship or dating, that would be fucking annoying. Yes. All right. Ready to shit on some threes? Oh, yeah. Let's shit on some <laughs> threes. It. Oh, man. I got stuff. Do it. <laughs> Do it. I want to know what's awful about me so I can worry oh, about it yes. in a relationship and just spiral. Well, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the you know, of course, you know, people talk about threes being fake and and it's not entirely accurate, but it is a thing. It is a thing that um and it, it's not quite being fake. It's the sense that I who I am is an image and I need to frame it and I need to present it to you. And in that process of presenting to you an image, I have to dress it up. And so there's always going to be some gap between, as an eight, as a, you know, reactive type, the realness of what's going on versus how it's presented. And that is where the sort of, um, I don't want to say fake, but like there's some artifice involved or some embellishment involved. Um, you know, like you pick up a Hallmark card and then someone says like, you know, you frame a certain sentiment in a certain way to amplify certain things. And to me, I'm looking at that as like, that's not real. I mean, but you're trying to evoke a certain kind of an emotion in somebody. Um, and so the thing about threes that I don't like as a reactive type 
is that you know they're they're selling me on on stuff you know like that's what it feels like you know you're you're presenting things a certain way um you're you're not revealing certain aspects of yourself you're framing certain situations a certain way um uh, and i have to sort of figure out like what's actually going on like the gap between what you're telling me and what's really going on as far as as far as a reactive type i'm i'm I want to know the, you know, the negative. I want to know the full story, the full picture, and the worst and the best parts. But, um, you know, like, that's, that's the part that feels artificial, is that I know that there is a framing and um, a way that, you know, three is going to be presenting themselves to me. That doesn't feel, uh, it doesn't feel free in the moment. It feels like, I need to one pay attention to your reaction to me. <laughs> I need to see how you're reacting and reading what I'm saying, and I and and then I'm going to read you and try to figure out how to frame things in a way that's going to land with you. That's not going. That's going to appeal to you. So um, I start to pick up on that sense of they start three start to affect me and, and sort of rub off on me in terms of how much they're tracking me and how much that they're trying to. Uh, maybe impress me and I start to do that to some degree and I don't like that (laughs) (laughs) how's that hit Nancy Uh, that's pretty mm -hmm. yep (laughs) it's it's taken me a really uh I'm almost three years into this relationship and I just started telling Brian what I actually wanted like two months ago Mm. what do you mean by that what is like what um well i mean there's i don't like what do you actually want for dinner or what you want in life or what no what what when when i want to fuck okay so <laughs> that went, is like, alan hmm? you wouldn't normally tell him when you want to Mm-mm. you want him to know like psycho psychically yes yes <laughs> mm-hmm. yes because what's threatening yep. about about saying that i mean or revealing that or i don't know there's something about like so with there's an aesthetic that it kind of ruins Mm -hmm. like i i want there to be this sexy aesthetic where like we you know we start touching and like things happen and all of a sudden we're fucking whoops but like you can't do that if you're like want to have sex yeah, this this image orientation aspect, I I really feel that mm-hmm. um, with threes, and that the, that anything that I say and do in relation to them is being framed and looked at, and mm-hmm. the the I become more self conscious around threes because they're making me very aware that they're yeah. tracking everything that I'm doing and I'm saying, and I know that um, it's almost like you know, let's say we're fucking. They're they're being fucked, but they're also watching us fucking. <laughs> like yeah. it's like they're in the scene, and they're also the camera person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I like for a long time, uh, in a lot of sexual encounters in my life, would be like, hmm, I wonder how this looks like from that angle. Or I wonder how it would look like from the ceiling. Or if I put a camera over there, like that's not when I that's when I'm not as into it. But you know what I mean. I dated a three for about. I, th- I think I've only dated one three for about six months. This is probably 20 years ago. And she mm-hmm. was an actress. 
Mm. So you talk, you yeah. talk about wondering what it looks like from different angles. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, and she had the problem of being uh, non-orgasmic. Oh man, it was just oh, no. like oh man, it's just like. So I think it was a control thing, though, right? It was like one of those, you know, it's a, it was a psychological, emotional thing, mm -hmm. right? Of sort of not wanting to lose control. Mm -hmm. um, and, and she didn't even kind of want to work on it much. Like I was willing to do, to go to town on her and do whatever, right? To, well, no, because then that puts pressure and there's like a lot, you know, if you lose performance, control, what if it looks, yeah. Yeah. But so... She was non-orgasmic, but she was literally acting while we were fucking, right? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. She was That's a big like, one. Like the moaning and the, you know, it was, and I told her one time, it seems like you're acting. And she, yep. you know, and then she went into an act about it not being an act, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, so I did have one guy tell me to stop doing that, and that was really sexy. That was hot. <laughs> yeah that yeah. is the first three relationship or thing that i was in i was a very overt aspect of i never said anything about it i just accepted this is what it was <laughs> gonna be like but you know like the you know like you watch porn and there's the over exaggerated the porn yes. stars that are not that. actually enjoying yep. the scene they have a routine you know mowing oh yeah give it me daddy yep. yeah you know just all that bullshit and just to hear someone who's watched a lot of porn who's mimicking the thing that she believes that men want to hear i don't know if threes uh think that um people can't tell that it's a it's being put on but it's like it's so obviously being put on uh, it'd be one thing if that's the way you actually sounded and that was your um and then we're all guilty of this to some degree you know like sure but it's it's uh it's really overt that you know, threes are can be really good at putting on something like that. One time, it was the hottest between us two. Was uh, we had we went to see the movie Basic Instinct. Ooh, uh, Sharon Stone. And, yeah, Sharon Stone back flashing. Back in nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, and back in the 1920s. And um, uh, <laughs> were you and, even born uh, then? <laughs> I was already 90 years old. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I live forever. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Nancy had, wasn't born when Basic Instinct came out. Was probably she? not. Yeah, when that's was true. It made? I don't know. 80s, probably. 80s, no, probably. yeah, 95. Anyway, we watched that movie, and she was getting all sexy with me in the movie, but it was obvious that it was, you know, she. It was the aesthetic of what that would look like to be in a dark movie theater mm -hmm. being sexy with each other watching a sexy movie and then when we got back to my place you know there was sort of some role play-ish stuff that she was doing you know um you know encouraging and that was like the hottest um sex that we had was was that inspired by again images right of mm. uh, you know coming off of a movie so mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah. yeah yeah my first like real girlfriend was seven and we were we ended up being long distance in in high school and i was friends with the three who was into me and i didn't really know like i i was not really 
I always assumed that uh, women are not interested in me. And, <laughs> and you? she really? was. Shocking. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I am this repulsive void beast. And, uh, you know, but whatever. So anyway, so this three that had been friends of mine, we'd been hanging out. And been, we'd had like a flirty friendship and stuff. But found out that she'd been online chatting with my seven to be like, well, you guys are long distance now. Like, uh, you know, you're not happy. He's not happy. You know, kind of manipulating the situation. Uh, this girl's a sexual three also. And uh, it was encouraging my seven to break up with me. And so she did, you know, seven kind of getting an excuse too to just like. Peace out. Freedom. Yeah, to peace out. It was like, okay, we're not happy. Let's go. And so <laughs> I was like, you know, in typical fashion devastated, but I didn't know this whole behind the scenes thing for a while. And so we, uh, yeah, we had like kind of like an intense, very brief thing. You know, I kind of like flipped hard to two in my sadness. And, uh, and, but then, um, yeah, then I was shocked and horrified when I found out what happened, but I thought that was interesting. It was like kind of manipulation behind the scenes, like get the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And of course I was the prize, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, it was just it was my only real experience of three dating. Yeah, I've 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 totally played that role quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, threes are very competitive. That's yeah. uh it's if I, yeah. if I can't have someone that makes me want them and then I will have them and then I will ruin their life and then I will leave them. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah, it's very yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean that's oh that's the other thing I forgot to mention. <laughs> uh just that yeah, I guess maybe you can say this about the assertive types, but the threes can be pretty emotionally. Even though I've said you know threes can be highly emotional, they, they also have a switch that can get, they can just go cold, and uh, it's about just getting the thing done. And there's a way that you know just you can sort of block off and completely cut off the heart. Um, and so it's a paradox of this is someone who is emotional and is somewhat in touch with their emotions but at the same time can just be object oriented and uh is about getting it done and so i mean that's the other aspect of uh threes that is just highly competitive and has the capacity to go cold and just and be a focus robot on the, yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's, it's it's a comfort zone too sometimes being a robot just feels really nice Thank <laughs> you.